Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? It's Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, basketball is back. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Uh, Kyle Haywood here, and I'm just super pumped. I've just watched six basketball games that weren't recorded. There's no ESPN Classic going on here. Six basketball games live, and I can't wait to talk about all of that with my good friend, Logan Jones. How we doing, Logan? I'm good, Kyle. I'm I'm better than I've been in a while. I feel, <laughs> I feel so good. And it's everything uh, you know because you had the same weekend I had, which was like it's so fulfilling, like ending the long fast of not live sports with live basketball. And I respect to our, our NWSL sister pod for being on top of uh, the return of the NWSL Cup. Um, which did return a few weeks ago and which concluded today. Yeah. Uh, Shouts I, to Houston, right? I won't I won't say I'm thrilled seeing the city of Houston <laughs> win a championship, but congratulations to the Dash. I but, believe and, that Steve and I predicted that or at least made that our pick. And I think you and Mike had uh had Chicago. Let's look at right now, Kyle. Let's not consider any of the predictions we made in the last episode <laughs> finding. <laughs> especially after the, this weekend's games <laughs> for sure um dude it was uh it was a it was a blast man i loved having basketball back six games in three days every one of them uh televised two of them on espn two of them on abc two of them on cbs sports just oh it was everything, man. It was so nice to have basketball back. And honestly, there were uh, there was a few things that kind of stood out to me about being, you know, that, that were kind of unique and like, oh, that's kind of different, you know, no crowd noise and, and, and whatnot. I loved that you could hear the player communication. Like, I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that was kind of a really cool takeaway. Um, and then also it's, it seemed like certain coaches you could hear especially well. I don't know if it's because maybe coach Reeve was mic'd up, but that links son game, I felt like I could hear every word that Cheryl Reeve or Kurt Miller was saying like through the whole, through the whole game. And I thought that was just, that was a lot yeah. of fun. I thought that was really cool. Doesn't it take you back? Like if you've been around basketball a lot, you've been in you know, games where there's almost no fans, like even like at the high school level and you've been at game, you've been behind the scenes, like at practices and at open, you know, open shoot around type things where people are just getting some work in. And all you hear is like the squeaky shoes and like some instruction from the coaches and like people talking on defense. And a lot of times you don't get that same experience on, on the professional stage on a broadcast. And you know, maybe I, I expect by the end of the season, I'll, I'll really miss hearing roars of the crowd. You know, I thought when Allie Quigley sank that, that shot from the corner, I, I did miss having a crowd reaction, like the, the hype of, mm-hmm. of that sort of atmosphere. But there is something, uh, there's something really old school about, about the squeaky shoes. And, uh, <laughs> and I liked it. I it, liked was, 
it was kind of nice. I actually, and outside of that, it didn't feel, I don't know. It didn't feel too like, just like out there and weird. I'm sure because we weren't there, like we weren't experiencing it. But other than, I mean, the players are a little rusty. The referees, in my opinion, seemed a little rusty. There was quite a few questionable calls. But I hope that the players and coaches are somewhat understanding, you know, knowing that these these uh, referees haven't, you know, officiated a game in months and uh, didn't have a chance to get warmed up in preseason like uh, like the players do. Um, so that'll be a little bit frustrating, I think, as everybody kind of gets acclimated. But overall, you know, there was a few uh, scoreboard, uh, bookkeeping type issues as well and, and imperfect broadcasts, uh, technology. But overall, I thought that it went off pretty well without, like, without any major issues. And I was, I was pretty impressed and surprised that the, the first weekend of broadcast went off without really too many glitches. Yeah, I agree. I mean, all things considered, this is about as smooth as I think it could have gone. Uh, I agree that the officiating needs to, needs to bone up a little bit. And I, I do think that um, some teams looked a little bit more lackadaisical than others. And I, I don't know <laughs> if that's just a lack of intensity or the weirdness of playing in front of no, you know, an empty gym or just being in the bubble and not acclimating as quickly as others. I had a similar thought about one team in particular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm curious to see if it's as, who I, like, go ahead. Like, wh- wh- who, do you th- who do you think, who do you think it was? We, we decided before hitting record that we are just going to do this episode in terms of like impressions from the weekend and just, yeah. like, what's <laughs> so this isn't the number one thing that stood out to me because it's kind of a negative, but, but it's an you, impression. You yeah. can tell the fever were the last team to the bubble. Mm-hmm. You, you could see it. They, they didn't lose that game by 25. They were down 30 going into the fourth. And then the mystics laid off and only scored nine points and still mm-hmm. put up a hundred and beat them by 25. So that was a butt whooping uh, that the Mystics laid on him. And uh, I, I know Steve is, is pretty adamant in our group chat about, you know, let's not get too high on the Mystics yet. They did lose a lot. You know, they're not the championship team they were last year. They beat a bad fever team. But, boy, that fever team looked not – you know, they just didn't – they looked lost is what they looked like. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. didn't look like, oh, we just don't have the horses to run with them. We don't have shooters. They just – uh, I don't know. They just didn't have the same intensity. They didn't seem as connected. They they felt like somewhat of the opposite end of the spectrum from what we saw from a team like LA. I thought LA came in yeah. and looked like they were in midseason form, like truly, like they were they were crisp. They had hustle. They looked like they weren't uh, having really any effects of having not played a lot. They looked ready to go. They looked healthy. I thought LA was probably the most. Uh, uh, was was probably the most impressive team uh, from what I was able to see this weekend. But yeah, Indiana, and to be frank, kind of that second half, and in particular the third quarter from Phoenix, I just felt like yeah, I agree. Just LA went on this big run, and it just seemed like there wasn't there wasn't the fight that we've come to know and love from um, you know from the Mercury organization, and that kind of surprised me. But hey. You know yeah, what? It's I, hard. It's hard to be critical on a first weekend 
of yeah of course you know what i mean there's, but yeah caveat I, I to all of the things we're going to talk about today which is that their impressions based off of a sample size of one so who knows but i agree. Yeah. i thought uh britney griner in particular and and the mercury team did not look uh Maybe it was just in comparison to the Sparks, but they they did not look ready for the season to begin. And the Sparks, if if we were starting the playoffs tomorrow, that's who the smart money's on. They pushed around a Mercury team that's got a good veteran roster that should be able to to kind of be a cohesive unit in the bubble, maybe better than a lot of the younger teams. Um, and they, boy, they punked them. That was a beating. <laughs> I mean... 100%, I, I know it was close, close in the first half. Close in the first half, the, the Mercury stuck with them as they do. But, yeah, I uh, I was – my own words that I said on this podcast a few episodes ago were running through my head because I said they were the team that probably suffered the the biggest blow to their ceiling in terms of players sitting out this year. Mm-hmm. And they I, – I think the Mystics played well against a bad team but haven't been tested yet. I think the sparks are starting off on the right note and they're going to be tough to slow down. Yeah. I actually, I, you know, our show, we tweeted this out at the halftime, the sparks and the Merc were, uh, it was a four point game at half. And I, you know, I tweeted out on our show account. I said, you know, whoever wins this game, this is a signature win to like start the season off because both these teams presumably should be toward the top of the standings. And man, the Sparks just, they had, you know, that third quarter, they outscored the Mercury 30 to eight, just an absolute drubbing. And then it wasn't even really a game after that. Um, Let's stick with this game for just a little bit, Logan, because I feel like even though we've got two LA natives on our show, Jason and Steve are both from LA, from the Los Angeles area and have ties there. I just I'll I'll admit this sometimes I I kind of like get excited about the team that's like coming back or like that's built up and I'm like oh they could title contend and I don't talk about LA a ton because they seem to always title contend and have for like a yeah know, like decades now like it just it just seems like they're always really good i think that was a really good point that that one of us made in in our very last episode before the season started in our predictions episode it was like it's almost like the inverse of the lakers like every year everyone's like oh like like the lakers like even if they look bad like we expect you know they're gonna do awesome and then the sparks almost have the opposite like well they're the sparks so like we know they're gonna be good but how good like yeah I feel like the bar, like the, the people set the goalposts for the Sparks. So, so I think that this goes for the links on a lot of years too, by the way, but they, they set the, the goalposts for the Sparks. Like, well, are they championship contenders? Or are they only a top four team? Yeah. And every other team is like, Chicago is going to be a top four team. It's like a big deal. Yeah. And for the Sparks, it's like, well, we know we've got a roster. We know them every that year. That good. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what you think the most ridiculous number from this box score is. Because okay. <laughs> there are a few. There's a lot of them. Out. Here's one. They shot, as a team, the Sparks shot 56% from the floor. That's, that's nuts. Uh, that includes 6 of 10 from Candace Parker, 8 of 8 from Ogumuke, and 6 for 6, including 2 for 2 from Beyond the Arc for Simone Augustus. Yeah, that's win a lot of basketball games. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to beat a team when you've got Neca and Simone going fourteen for fourteen and four for four behind the arc. Like that's mm, 
good luck to anyone beating that squad. Um, uh, I'll throw another number out there. It's under the blocked shots next to Brittany Sykes. And it's one. (laughs) (laughs) That was... In, oh. in, a, in a weekend of amazing performances, you could argue that that's – and this includes a game winner. You could argue that's the play of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. If we, so back in our old – like a kind of our old format, we would have had, you know, play of the week, player – or MVP of the week and rookie of the week. I think, I think Sykes' block on Griner is, in my contention, like play of the week. I think that – and again, that it's tough to beat a game winner, you know, from Quigley – but I think all things considered, but here's the, here's the best part of this is that that wasn't the end of it. She, she blocks Griner and then goes down on the other end of the court and just drills a three right in Skydig's mouth, like just cold blooded. I just got shivers like down my arms and, and fine. Just <laughs> use, like that's the sort of play that's like, like it doesn't matter if it's just one, you know, it's a 15 second clip from one game of the first day. And it's still like, Oh, we're back. Yeah. We are back. <laughs> it's so true, man. I, I loved that. I thought that was a blast. Um, anything I've, I've else? Got, for, yeah. I've yeah. One, uh, one more number. I think we need to talk about in sparks versus mercury. And I'm, I'm really sorry, mercury fans. I know a lot of you listen to the show. Uh, the Sparks scored 99 points, which, is close to 100, so it makes the math really easy on this. Mm-hmm. Um, 38 points off of turnovers? Are you kidding me, Mercury? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I think the Mercury actually had, like, an okay shooting day. They didn't have a good day from the foul line, but, like, they they could probably survive on 44. and Oh, 34%. Yeah. Like, you're not uh, – I'm not disappointed at 44%. But, but they committed 27 turnovers for 30 oh. points on the other end. Almost 40% of the Sparks points came off of turnovers. 27 turnovers. <laughs> you can't – you cannot do that's that. Tough. That's the sort of thing I expected to see from the younger teams. Not that's, the- that's something that we might see from, like, a New York or a – Atlanta, maybe not Atlanta Dream, uh, New York or Dallas, right? Sure. They have just young, young squads. Uh, yeah. This was, this I, is a veteran team. This is, I mean, yeah. Here's the positive spin for, for Phoenix fans. That's not going to continue. Right? That's what I, yep. I would, I'd agree. I think the best news well, is that there's no way Phoenix is dropping 27 turnovers no. probably the rest of this season. It's no. not, it's not going to happen. Phoenix will get fixed. I won't go so far as to say they will be fine, but that in particular is something that they will shore up and and they will correct in the next, you know, they play 22 games. I don't think that's going to be something that bites them like this bad in any of the remaining games. So Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. Um, Logan, let's, uh, are you good to bounce over to another game? Absolutely. Cause I've got, the first game of the season. I want. I gotta talk Seattle and Liberty before we move on. Let's do, before we get too much so further. Many good headlines from from this weekend that I don't care what order we go in. And I, <laughs> I love this game. Excellent. Uh, I was stoked to see uh, to see these two teams. And I'll be honest, this was probably the most expected box score. Yep. yep. Does that make sense? Uh, not surprised by the by the final score or necessarily no. how we even got there. Yeah. It seemed very 
you know, Seattle jumped out to a bit of a lead and kind of basically just sustained it through the remaining three quarters. Um, Bree Stewart, it was so nice to see her play WNBA basketball again. Same with Sue Bird. Um, just, just was awesome to see them back on the court. Plus you had Ionescu's uh, uh, and WNBA debut. Um, but honestly, this was the most, like, if you just showed me this box score, I'd have been like, oh yeah, that's the right one. And if you just showed me the rest of the box scores, I would have probably had a harder time believing the rest of them. With the yeah, well, I guess Chicago, Las Vegas, and probably Dallas, Atlanta. Those those look, uh, those look okay, um, but man, those other three games, I just I was kind of blown away. So <laughs> here's here's something that was surprising to me in this game. Uh, I, the Storm are the championship favorites. I didn't think they were going to have a a hard time with the Liberty. I didn't mm-hmm. even really expect. I I think. It was impossible for Sabrina to live up to whatever expectations people had for her this game. And I'll get to her in, in just a minute. I was surprised Bree Stewart played 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. I Especially because she didn't need to in order to lock this game up. But I, I know she's been, because of the, the delays, she's been like back to fully healthy for a little while now. Yeah. But I still would have thought they would have had her at you know, 23, 21. Um, but 6 of 12 in 28 minutes... Uh, yeah, she led the team in minutes. Pretty much the distance. I mean, she played more than anybody else on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, like, it's just encouraging to see. A lot of times you see teams ease players back, uh, and I feel like the Storm were really fearless in just throwing her and Sue out there. Uh, uh, one other thing on, on the Storm before we throw it over to, like, the Liberty and talk a little bit more about Sabrina. Uh, this is the most Jewel Lloyd line ever. Um, <laughs> her game. In, in an efficient 20 or so minutes, she went 5 of 9. Um, including perfect from the foul line and three steals. Uh, and I just, I, we all love Jewel Lloyd on this show. And we also, I, I have a special, uh, I, I have a hope that she will be like the standout player this year for the storm uh, when they're in that finals scenario in a couple months. Uh, and so I just want to keep tabs on how she's doing. And she, she plays on a great roster, but I, I think she gets overlooked a lot because of how, you know, legendary uh, Sue Bird is and, and the MVP Bree Stewart. And, um, even Natasha Howard and just how many good players are there. So just wanted to give a little shout out. Uh, I imagine we want to talk a little bit about the rookies. Yeah, for sure. I thought that there was several, um, several pretty decent showings. Um, can we address, I, I got to address Sabrina right out the gate, right? Because I think everybody was expecting her to come in and like be Sabrina that we've seen at Oregon. And I think that's a little unfair. Um, not only because it's a jump from college to WNBA and it maybe takes a little bit of adjustment, but also consider that it's not even like a real WNBA type atmosphere that they've even been experiencing. So if you're going to have the first game of your career where you have a really off night shooting, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But what you need to also remember, all of you who are saying, oh, Sabrina was a real disappointment, check the rest of her stat line. She brought down six boards, had four assists, like she, and, and a lot of the things that aren't showing up are her effort and, that we saw on both ends of the court. Um, you know, she played 30, almost 34 minutes. So she played nearly the entire game and from whistle to whistle didn't, let up 
I mean, they were down pretty considerably right at the end of the fourth quarter, and you'd have thought that it was a tie game, you know, the way that she was playing. And so, sure, she's had she had an off night shooting. She's getting adjusted. It's a young team. Uh, you can't expect the New York Liberty to come in with what did we count? It's like six. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's something like six new like rookies or something like it's some bonkers number um and uh a a minimal roster they've got a tiny roster and really only like two like veterans which by the way Laisha Clarendon dropping 20 points like she was such a great great spot and she did exactly what the Liberty need her to do to to kind of lead out and Amanda Zowie B I think uh, as well you know nearly a, a double double from her um, those two, I think, really need to kind of lead this charge. Um, but I don't think that they're going to need it for very long because I do expect UNESCO to kind of step up and, and really kind of take the reins uh, well, here pretty soon. What, what I see when I look at a stat sheet, you know, we, we both covered college basketball for a long, long time. Um, when, I, when I see O of 8 from the three-point line, what I think is she was trying to get comfortable and she was forcing her shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in Oregon, I, she was so comfortable, and that was her team. She was the leader, even though there was so much talent around her. And in this team, it really feels like, even though there are people like Clarendon in the locker room, like so it's just expected. Like this is all on Sabrina's shoulders. It's her team. She's got to be the one to hit big shots. And it's that's just a like she's played against Team USA. She's played on the big stage. You know, she wanted to go back to to Oregon one extra year in order to win a championship. She's not afraid of anything. But it's hard to get comfortable when when the ball is in your hands against a team that's championship worthy. Like not a lot of teams are going to keep the storm close. By the way, on the scoreboard this year, yeah. um, to feel like it's up to you to shoot your team's way back into the game. And for me, like O of eight from three is is another trend that's like, look, that's it's a non trend. It's not going to continue like that for the whole season. It's just her trying to find a way to to lead this team and eventually I, I do think she settled down she was throwing out assists she was passing seeing the floor well and making good passes but yeah like she's four of 17 from the floor she's taking a ton of shots and shots that aren't really in her comfort zone because she feels like she's got to be the one to do it mm-hmm. and, and that'll change that'll settle down and it'll be fine yeah exactly and I mean you look at the team that she's on none of them have really played together if you look at this team compared to what the roster looked like even last year and especially the year before that. I think there's only like one or two players that have been on this team more than, you know, the oh, last two seasons. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think nurse and uh, maybe Zowie B, you know, I think that that's about, that's about yeah. all you've got well, and, uh, and that have been at, around for longer than last season. And their opponent is yeah. The 2018 players, champion. Yeah. Like, like 10 or 11 of these players were on the roster two years ago. Like, yeah, they look like they, yeah, they don't change. You got Langhorn, Whitcomb, uh, uh, Super, Joel Lloyd, Natasha Howard came in two seasons ago, Alicia Clark, Bree Stewart. Like, they've all, yeah, yeah. Uh, one quick note on this game we did lose uh, Kia Nurse uh, early on in the game. From what I've seen, it looks like it's not a major injury. Have you seen any updates on that? Uh, yeah, look, there was no breakage. There's a sprain. She should be back uh, without, you know, too much, too much issue. I, uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me to even see her back uh, in their next game with some limited minutes, just to keep, you know, just to, to keep an eye on things. Um, 
but uh, I don't anticipate her. If she sits out next game, I don't anticipate her to be out more than, you know, one to two games on, on that ankle. So Kia Nurse will be right back in the picture, which is good news for, for the Liberty and good news for the WNBA and good news for fans because she's a blast to watch. Yeah. So that's, that's Liberty Storm uh, for you pretty much in a nutshell. I think the Liberty are going to do this a lot this year where they're going to give us some things to talk about. But ultimately, I don't think there's going to be a lot of W's on, on the, uh, the score pad for them this, this season. And that's okay. They're yeah. Literally half their team is brand new. <laughs> I'd agree. Let's hit a couple highlights from the rest of these games before we, we wrap things up, Logan. Uh, let's, let's actually uh, just in order of like what I want to talk to. We got to hit Chicago, Las Vegas. Um, what a game like tell me what what how was your experience watching this because I feel oh. like this if I if I could have had any any like if I could have had a friend who's maybe new to the league watch any of these games this is the one yeah. that I would have wanted them to watch yeah uh I think the sky are, are one of the teams you could easily introduce someone brand new to the league to and be like all right here's her deal like, and here's her deal, like Quigley, Vandersloot, like you've probably seen them before, but you don't remember, like Zara Stevens, she's tearing it up. Um, the, <laughs> my impression while watching the game, especially in the first half, was I had this sinking feeling because I was like, well, Vandersloot hasn't hit a shot and Asia Wilson is going to be the MVP and I'm going to get all my predictions wrong. Um, and Kyle's going to get all of his predictions <laughs> correct. Asia Wilson has superstar not just superstar quality. She is a superstar. Yeah. Like she's got everything you need to be a complete player. Uh, I love watching her play. She's just a magnetic player. And well, then, I mean, I, it, look at her, her stat line. She dropped 22 points and 11 rebounds. You know, she thinks yeah. as far as I know, I think she was the only double double of, of the weekend. Not, not the only we'll get. To oh, the, there's, there's another one. Yep. There's, we'll a, there's another that. couple here. Yeah. Um, but I, I do the, I really thought the aces were going to win this game. Uh, and I know it was a revenge game for Chicago, but especially through the first half, I just got the feeling like Las Vegas came to play Angel McCautry is fitting pretty seamlessly into the offense. She was their best offensive player at 11 of 17 for 25 points. Uh, she, she, she fits that offense like a glove. Bill Embiid knows how to use her. Um, it is strange seeing her in a non dream uniform. Yeah. Um, but I, I really liked what we saw. I, especially Dierica Hamby also um, had a great game. Uh, and I, I just thought everything was clicking. And then I made the mistake of counting out the sky. And I, not counting <laughs> out, but, you know, down the street. Thinking, thinking that they weren't going to be making the comeback. They were, they were down. I think they were down eight and then went on an 11-0 run uh, because Coach of the Year James Wade uh, was able to call a timeout and get their act together and, and, uh, and get it done. And what did it but a Vandersloot assist in the corner to Allie Quigley for three um, <laughs> on, on just, I, I think, I think it was the, the best play of the weekend. Just, just from the way it was set up, the way that I, I feel like it was a drawn up play. Steph Dolson stepped up and set a great screen. Allie Quigley can find room to shoot in a phone booth. And of course it went in because it always goes in. And it just felt like the natural next step between what I think is becoming the best matchup in this sport. I think that this is such a great budding rivalry, you know, dating back to last season. I think that this is such a fun and it was kind of just poetic almost to see Chicago pull off the upset. 
uh, or not the upset. I mean the comeback, uh, yeah, you know, so after, after, for sure. yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, I think it just feeds that fire that these two teams have just inadvertently somehow started to develop. And I love it. Um, but um, the one biggest surprise that I had was Kalia Copper uh, coming in and absolutely yeah. Where being, did that come from? just being everything that the storm or that the sky uh, that this guy really need. I thought that that was just, just a blast to see her, <laughs> to see her come in and just, just go off. She's never averaged more than I think seven. Yeah. Let me look. 7.1 points per game is her highest, uh, you know, points per game that she's ever, um, averaged throughout her career. And here she comes in first game of the season drops 18 and was really kind of the bright spot for this Chicago Sky team. We even tweeted out and said, uh, tough game, but at, you know, at least Sky fans have to be excited about, you know, the Copper's performance. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, like that that's <laughs> been the only good thing. Yeah. And then of course they make the comeback and Quigley's, you know, uh, shot to win it and everything. Um, but she was such a bright spot. She fits so well with this team. And I'm just so excited to see um, her being utilized that so many of us have kind of seen that skill set in her and finally seeing it on display in uh, in a really uh, solid way I thought was was refreshing yeah. to me. I, I was trying not to tilt too hard on my on my uh, skies making it to the finals predictions, but I was watching the aces and I was just like, man, that's just a really good team. And then, <laughs> you know, they pulled off the victory and I looked and I was like, I you know, I stand by it. You you look at this guy starting five. Allie Quigley's basically Ray Allen. Um, I've never felt more strongly about that than than now. She was one of five when she took that corner three, um, and even on a night where she wasn't shooting particularly well, you just you can count on it going in. And in their bench, uh, Coach Wade is playing basically a nine-player rotation, and one of those players is Ruthie Hebert, who's just like gradually going to be working in. I'm sure mm-hmm. eventually she'll get up to like the 15-minute range, but. Um, but the other ones like DeShields and, and Gabby Williams coming off the bench and giving huge minutes and being big contributors um, as well as copper. I mean, they obviously they needed every single basket they got to win that game, but they're going to be in a lot of close battles this year and they've got, uh, they've got the talent to, to come out on top in most of them. So I, I don't think this will be the last narrow victory by a well-coached uh, sharpshooting sky team. <laughs> Love it. Also, well, <laughs> was this by design that uh, this is so random, but the, the aces were 0 of five for three. They shot yeah. five three pointers. They made none of them. What they, uh, they actually hadn't attempted a three until right toward the end of the half. Um, what's happening when, there? which was interesting because, you know, especially when you have a Kayla, Kayla McBride who had a really rough time shooting, she went over seven from the field, you know, on the night, she only hit a couple free throws. Um, but especially when you have players, you know, like Angel McCutry and Kayla McBride out there to not, you know, to not see more threes being taken, I thought was, was really interesting. I think, again, I don't think the aces by any stretch are going to lead the league in three pointers attempted. If you look at just their personnel, they're much more of attack the basket, you know, drive and dish, uh, you know, free motion type offense but i don't think that going over five is going to be uh 
any by any stretch of the imagination normal for them do you, uh, do you know what i was thinking that whole first half when it started to be like obvious they weren't shooting three yeah, when like uh, uh you know when the russo and R- lobo are bringing it up yeah well <laughs> i was thinking of that interview that we did with greg bibb who's the the dallas wings gm who mm-hmm. said like last year the dallas wings were not a very good team and part of that was we didn't realize three is worth more than two and we didn't shoot a lot of <laughs> and he just said it so like I hope I'm not butchering it, but he said it so matter-of-factly, like, we didn't shoot threes, and threes are better than twos. And I was like, <laughs> like, it, it just, it made me so, like, I thought of that, and then later in the game when Allie won the game with a three, I was like, that's why you got to shoot threes. <laughs> like, so it has true. part of your arsenal. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, that's absolutely, it's absolutely true. If you're not, at least... And I think part of that offense is you have to be able to be a threat from outside or else teams can just pack the middle in and make, sure. make things really, really difficult for you on the interior. A um, couple, other, couple other games we got to hit here, Logan. Um, Washington and the Fever. We talked about this a little bit already. Heinz Allen just coming out of – nowhere to just completely take over i think she was you know kind of had the spotlight uh the unexpected spotlight of the weekend uh dropping 27 with 10 rebounds um just a phenomenal performance from her really stepping up you know i thought that if you were to ask me who was going to be really stepping up for the the mystics i thought you know well atkins probably ariel powers we know emma meeseman's going to be solid heinz allen wasn't at the top of my list but I mean, hey, I'm here for it, man. I thought that that was a really solid um, solid performance by her. I was a little confused um, that we didn't see more Tierra McCowan. Now, that could be, uh, that could be a health issue, could be a conditioning issue, um, you know, as far as, like, the bubble and whatnot. It's, it's, t- it's kind of tough to know exactly what's going on there. I thought with the way that she was playing at the end of last season, I thought it was a no-brainer that she – would be getting, you know, uh, a large portion of minutes and probably starting, um, starting here. But, uh, but yeah, didn't yeah. see the floor a ton. Uh, had only point. She had one point on a free throw. Um, didn't do a whole lot. You know, snagged a couple yeah, boards, but that was it. The my general takeaway for the f- the first weekend is if the team looks good that's great you want to get off on a hot start but that doesn't necessarily mean that's like their floor for the rest of the year and right. if the team looks bad they're probably going to be a different team a week and a half from now because yep, exactly. the bubble situation is so weird so you know there was no Lauren Cox no Erica Wheeler for the Fever yeah, they yeah. were the last team to the bubble I think they will look better um, but I I don't I I don't think they're going to be one of the eight. I don't think they're going to be playoff team. Just the way that this started, it's really difficult to see them making that if they continue on this same, you know, if, if today was a snapshot of what we can expect from them. Um, I don't think this is what we can expect from them. I think that hopefully, you know, things will start to come up. I think Kelsey Mitchell is, you know, all-star level. Um, I actually really liked what I saw from Alamond, um, you know, coming in, uh, and and doing putting in some really solid minutes there and kind of leading the team. Um, I think that can't any team with Candace Dupree, Kelsey Mitchell, uh, is gonna stay competitive. 
And especially when you bring back Erica Wheeler and hopefully we see some more Tierra McCown. I think that, I think the fever are going to be okay, but I do think you can't wait too much longer to really start going because no. it's a very short season. You, they better start putting it together very yeah, quickly. If you face a schedule with some of the bad teams on it early on and it takes you a week and a half to get going, you're a third of the way through the season. So, yep, exactly. Uh, we, have put this off long enough and I, I know we're hopping from <laughs> here, but we wanted to not necessarily go game by game, but we did want to touch on the highlights. And I think the performance of the weekend we have not talked about yet. Ooh. Monique Billings. Yes. Hello. 30 and 13. Just for the team to pull out a win against the wings in the, probably the most surprisingly intense game of the weekend right i agree yeah no i mean the chicago las vegas game was great but this game i was actually and i even mentioned this on our last episode the crossover episode i was amped to see both of these squads because i think there's so many question marks surrounding both of these teams i was so excited to see what panned out on the floor and um you know what? It was really hard to be surprised because like I said, there's a lot of question marks. So it was hard to be surprised. I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised that, that Billings came out with just with the stat line that she did. Um, Cause she, I mean, in addition to that, she had two block shots, which were really solid and uh, that kind of made the Dallas bigs a little uncomfortable. And, uh, and I thought that she, she played really solid in there. Um, yeah, tw- thirty and thirteen is just that's it's a great stat line. I think that's the best performance of the weekend on on a, on a big weekend, and I I think both these teams. It's up there. Bit, I think you consider them even Dallas who lost. You could call both of them ahead of schedule a little bit, especially considering how much of a reconstruction project the Dallas Wings were this off season, mm-hmm. uh, and just how poor the the Dream played last year, um, how poorly. And I, I think the story of this game is, is extra fun because it, it's about the rookies. I think the rookie matchup was so good. Um, the Atlanta Dream fans who are all about Kennedy Carter, uh, as advertised, Kennedy Carter had a great game. Yeah, 18, 18 and 18 points, eight assists, five rebounds. Like, yeah. it's a solid That'll, line. Uh, if, uh, if that's her <laughs> – if that is her trajectory every day of the rest of the season – it will be hard to talk. And I, Atlanta, I yeah, Atlanta's going to have found a gem there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we we talked about this on a couple episodes where like Sabrina's going to be the rookie of the year. It's very it, it's very hard for her to not be. But this is the sort of stat line that if it can be consistent, and not every team is the wings, right? But if it can be consistent, maybe that threatens that mantle a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not to be down on Sabrina at all. I'm not. I'm not doom and glooming her career by any means. That's stupid to do that like ever, but especially as early as like the first two years of a person's career. But, <laughs> but yeah, good stuff from Carter. Also really good stuff from Ty Harris, who, you know, is kind of a draft darling of mine. For uh, sure. I, she, she had a good night in 20 uh, efficient minutes. She had 13 uh, points and four assists, just two turnovers on the day. Um, I'm excited to see what she does with the the wing squad. The wings are really fun just because if, if you would have told me four months ago what their starting five would look like, I'd be like, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knew. Like, yeah. it's complete, complete rebuild. And, and this was just a fun, I, I really thought, uh, 
Dallas was going to win at several points in the game, even though they were they were trailing late. I I thought they were going to be able to pull it off, um, and that's not that that's just a sign of a scrappy team, and that's not something I expected to see from Dallas at this early. So that excites me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think there's definitely some bright spots uh, to to be had in Dallas. Isabel Harris, Harrison, uh, you know, some really solid stuff there, um, and, and like we you already mentioned, Alicia Gray, Ty Harris some really solid performances there. I'm excited uh, for both of these teams. I don't think either of these teams are going deep into the playoffs, but I'm excited for the future of both these teams after watching today's game. Um, we got to hit, we got to hit this other, this last game here. And I kind of was saving this a little bit just for personal reasons. You mentioned a performance that you especially appreciated. I loved what I saw from Sylvia Fowles. 17 points she led the team in points and then snagged 18 boards and four blocks i'm sorry but 18 boards and four blocks (laughs) is insane like those that's just that's insane numbers and then to lead your team in points as well on 63 percent shooting i mean sylvia I mean, this that's this is another bid for an MVP run. Like if if she keeps this kind of stuff up, uh, and here's the thing, it, it was against Connecticut, which we know how much energy and effort Connecticut puts in. I mean, Sylvia's going up, uh, you know, against the likes of Alyssa Thomas on the interior. You know, like it's, I was I was blown away yeah. with what I saw from Sylvia today. I thought that she uh, she played absolutely phenomenally and uh and it was a lot of fun uh yeah. to watch fouls absolutely stood out that's something every coach in in the country would take and be happy with uh that's coach reeve is going to be a happy camper uh i also thought um I, I really didn't know what to think of the connecticut sun so what else is new because i feel like every year we say that um but i did think dewana bonner looked very natural out there mm-hmm. uh, and and had a good game. she didn't shoot well from distance but otherwise had a good game and again, that's something that, you know, talk to me five games in if someone's shooting like under 15% from the arc. But until right. then, I'm just going to assume that they're just getting their legs under them. Uh, a lot of these players are adjusting to playing in front of no fans. Um, you know, they're professionals and they'll get there. But, you know, there's, they're all going to get there at a different rate. So I'm not worried about Bonner's distance shooting just yet. But um, she, she looks good in a sun uniform. It, it felt like she was going to mesh with this team. Absolutely. I think that <laughs> sticking her around, uh, sticking on this game, uh, for some reason, the guards of this year's draft class just went off. Okay, we've got Sabrina. Yeah. Kennedy Carter. Sure. You know, phenomenal performance there. But we already mentioned Ty Harris, and then we got to throw in Crystal Dangerfield into this mix as well, who comes in and at, and at five foot five you know, dropping 10 points and, and really brings a ton of energy and was kind of a big reason why uh, Minnesota was, was able to kind of extend out, you know, kind of make this little comeback and extend out this lead. I thought that Crystal Dangerfield to me was, was another one of those bright spots that I just don't want to get lost in this weekend. And I'm excited to see. Um, it seemed like that connection between her and Nafisa was, was really solid, obviously both UConn grads, but um, being able to see them play together was was a lot of fun, and I think that you know she keeps this up. She's going to have a long career in the WNBA. Yeah, uh, is Dangerfield one of the players? Um, I know she was on 
when we did our our pre-draft kind of draft like mock draft episode um she was one of our favorite guards i think we mm-hmm. had her above a lot of uh, people that went before her i think this is going to be such a good rookie class in about three years we're going to look back and just be like whoa we're going to be blown away um you know obviously by there's going to be players that like we know sabrina we know ruthie we knew we know sabali i think lauren cox will be in that group but dangerfield easily feels like one of those players will be like Oh, she was one of that same draft. Yeah. Time. Oh, and now she went like, later than we'd you, than and, you would expect. I could, yeah. I could easily see her being a staple in Minnesota for years to come. Absolutely. Um, easily. So, yeah, I I think she's one of those players that people are gonna probably not even have on their radar for a couple of years, and then when Minnesota's winning the championship, they're gonna realize like, oh yeah, that draft was <laughs> loaded. Oh, for sure. Well, Logan, uh, any last takeaways as far as games or players or anything else that you want to highlight uh before we before we move on i i think we hit them all we definitely hit the big plays uh you know the the britney sykes uh block the ali quigley three-pointer kennedy carter's uh rookie uh stardom beginning early um I, I do think that all that considered monique billings is my my player of the, the weekend <laughs> going into the the monday break which we all hate but gives us time to catch up on podcasting which is great absolutely um, i think that people can uh, any of you listeners you can pretty much uh assume that you'll hear a podcast on a lot of mondays <laughs> i think we'll look to release on a lot of mondays because we'll have had games throughout the week we can record that sunday night and not have to worry about you know if it takes a little bit to edit that we're releasing you know during a game again so consider uh, uh consider mondays a pretty regular release schedule from for the for the season uh logan and i'll actually also be um likely putting out some other episodes here and there uh throughout the weeks yeah. uh leading up so don't anticipate that it'll probably it probably won't only be one episode per week very often um we, so we don't want to have to predict that'll... scores for six days worth of games yeah <laughs> exactly you, uh i i don't want to get for that reason i don't want to get too far ahead but there are two games this week that i want to talk about one yeah. is tuesday and one is saturday so we'll we might record again we'll probably record again before saturday so we might not even do that yet so but, what's your game to watch on tuesday yeah, tuesday sparks face off against the sky and you know i'm watching i mean I'm watching all these games, but I am very interested to see what I thought was kind of the, the most gutsy win and the most dominant team. Yeah. Face off against each other on Tuesday. Who, uh, how are you feeling about that game? You know what? If the sparks play at all, like they played, uh, you know, this weekend, I have a really difficult time seeing many teams beating them even on a good night. Um, we've said this for the last two seasons that the sparks are, are just stacked with talent and all they have to do is just play together and they should, they could easily be the favorites. Um, so it looks like, you know, day one, again, it's, it's hard to take all of all of our reactions at face value because it's one game. There's not a, there's not a lot to go off, but man, I don't think, I don't think anybody this week, playing the games the way that they did could have beaten the sparks. And I'm even including the mystics on that. The mystics had a phenomenal game, 
um, I don't think they would have beat the Sparks the way the Sparks were playing um, yeah. this weekend. I so, agree. I, so uh, that's, that's my take is I think the Sparks are going to take this. I think we'll learn more about Chicago than we will L.A. That's fair. This is how much uh, things have changed since we last saw WNBA basketball. Is There's, there's actually a finals uh, rematch on Tuesday between the Mystics and the Sun, but those teams are so different. Uh, as far <laughs> yeah, as the roster true. here, that I think Spark Sky is really the matchup to watch. But we'll uh, we'll obviously bring coverage of all of them and and give takes on all of them on on Twitter and so on. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on that one because that, considering what happened this weekend, I think Spark Sky is the matchup to watch. Um, I think those will, teams have the most intrigue for sure. Yeah, we, immediately, we will obviously be keeping tabs on the rest of the week. There are games every day through Sunday. Um, Mm. And I'm sure we'll record again before. Wow, sounds like such a good problem to have. (laughs) I'm loving this. Oh man, Um, Logan. One last thing, I gotta, I gotta, we gotta hit up before we go ahead and wrap up here. Um, Basically, that if you, if anyone happens to have an extra sixty dollars that they've just come across, uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we know how it should be spent. uh, Is is I guess what we're saying. I, I did a I did a bad thing. <gasps> Logan, so did I. <laughs> Logan and I were both trying to talk each other out of buying these orange hoodies because we're both like, oh no, I've got other things. I got it like uh we're both like, oh, I don't need another hoodie. And it sounds like Logan and I will both be receiving some orange hoodies. I wasn't uh, I mine's come, wasn't gonna tell anyone because I wasn't I, until it got here because I was gonna be embarrassed because I didn't think anybody else was gonna get one. Yeah, they were they were on sale for like forty dollars for like a day, and they all sold out. And so I bought one at full price because I was like, I just want one. <laughs> I was I was very close to purchasing one like a a while ago, like a couple months ago, and I talked myself out of it. Yeah, and I think peer pressure. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I peer pressure got me today. <laughs> this is kind of a cool. This is the last thing we'll talk about because this is the only other thing really that besides the games I think was big this week was uh, the the marketing of the orange hoodie, like the orange hoodie, I feel like it's, mm-hmm. there was a hashtag, hashtag orange hoodie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, entire NBA rosters were wearing them. Uh, you know, Lil Wayne has one. Um, he's been a noted WNBA fan for a lot of years, by the way. Um, but basically everybody you can think of that would even be slightly related to the game of basketball was sporting one and sharing their support for the WNBA this weekend. And it has now become the number one selling item on Fanatics um, just from that one day of, of pushing it out, which I think is great. Oh, that's huge. Well, it just goes to show that you have some exposure and look what happens. TV ratings for this weekend's games were really, really solid. And now the league's just the league logo. It's not a team, not a player. It was the league logo orange hoodie is the number one item uh, is the number one sales item on fanatics. Like that's, that's huge. That's, that's huge. If you need any, this is almost like a a piece of WNBA history now is like if one day of visibility and support from people around the world of sports can do that, like that's the evidence I feel like they need in order to, you know, pick up some momentum and continue to move forward. Absolutely. Um, so here's my challenge to all of you listeners. If you made it this far into the episode, here's your, here's my challenge. We have a, a limited time 
until the NBA season kicks off again. So if you've got friends that haven't checked out the WNBA yet, that maybe you're NBA fans and you're saying, hey, check this out as a warm-up. You know, say it's a warm-up to the NBA. Have them come check it out and get somebody hooked on the league like the rest of us are. Um, the, this next week is a great opportunity for that. We've already mentioned one game. There's just look at the slew of games that are coming through the rest of this week. And there's so much good basketball to be had. And we are here for all of it. We'll be recording episodes. We'll be tweeting um, all about it. And in fact, Logan, why don't you go ahead and, and give run through the gambit of everywhere that they can connect with us and, and uh, consume our content. Totally. Yeah, so you've already found us if you're listening to this podcast, but we're available everywhere where you can listen to podcasts as well as uh, personally, you can you can reach out to us and connect with us over Twitter on at WNBA Nation Pod. Uh, we love to hear you answer uh, the questions we ask each other on this show. Uh, we'd also love to hear your highlights and impressions from this past opening weekend. Uh, I'm sure there are things that we missed and things that we need to talk about in the coming weeks. Um, please let us know and, and get in touch with us. We love the WNBA uh, community on, on social media. Uh, we also have a Patreon page, uh, which is, it comes with a lot of different levels and a lot of goodies. If, uh, if you choose to, to pay to support the show, uh, in addition to getting some, uh, some additional stuff with your episodes, uh, in terms of like those, those special like prizes and goodies, you'll also get episodes that are, uh, more uncut and you'll get some of the, <laughs> I like how Kyle put this the other day. You'll get kind of the director's cut version of our show, <laughs> um, or, or more of what we talk about before and after the show will be a part of it. Um, you get to hear our Sonic the Hedgehog music takes. I, I don't uh, know if that's necessarily a, a great pitch, but, uh, <laughs> but you will you will hear things of that nature. Uh, and also, and, and most importantly, um, that allows us to produce um, not just a better sounding, better quality show uh, and better coverage for the league, but also in, in <laughs> years where we actually get to send fans to game uh, to, to different WNBA games. It, it allows us to send people to their first uh, WNBA game as we save up. Uh, we, we do like to reach out to people and um, find ways to do that because that's how we got into the league is we were gifted that opportunity and we like to give that to others. So support our Patreon if you can. Uh, stay with us through this week of action. And uh, that's all I got. Absolutely. Uh, Logan, it's been a blast. I'm excited that uh, it's going to be you and I uh, – primarily uh here moving forward for a, a, at least a little bit and i'm super pumped uh you know steve and uh mike were able to do so much nwsl coverage uh and and did such a phenomenal job with that um you know i think that uh that steve's gonna take just a little bit of a break you know after after just running so so much but he's definitely he's been you know, texting us and, and involved on, on Twitter and whatnot. So if you don't hear from Steve, it's cause he's just, he's just taking a little bit of a rest on actual recording, but he's still here and, and, and paying attention and, uh, and loves interacting with everybody on Twitter as well. So. And, uh, and Jason is obviously still with us as well, but we, we wish him the best <laughs> on his medical exams, which are consuming his every waking hour at, at the current. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's becoming a doctor. And so, uh, yeah, he's becoming a doctor in Barbados and, uh, yeah, that's why he's not on our calls as much for two reasons. One, uh, becoming a doctor Two, the time difference is a little difficult sometimes <laughs> because we tend to record late at night. 
Um, but uh, thanks for tuning in. It was a blast, Logan. I'm excited to, to consume some more basketball and, uh, and uh, of course, be talking about it with you. Um, if you are listening uh, right uh, on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and, uh, and subscribe and uh, try and spread the love a little bit for WNBA coverage. Uh, but for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.